Welcome to another episode of the Roseland Podcast. I'm Chloe, your host, and in today's episode, I'm chatting with Colin Hastings about his Carbon Buddy project, a way for all of us to lessen our impact on the planet. If this is the first episode you're listening to, then of course you can find and listen to the podcast, all our episodes, at rosenpodcast.com, on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on lots of other podcast apps. Just search for Rosen Podcast. And at rosenpodcast.com, you'll also find links to any of the resources that we mention. Let's find out how we can all be more carbon conscious. Hello, Colin. Hi there, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And I'm, I'm, we seem to, on this podcast, sometimes we do history, we talk about the past, and sometimes we talk about what's going on around the area. And then sometimes we talk about kind of big, important topics around kind of the survival of the planet. And today is one of the ones that really fits into, into that topic. But before we get into your, your manual that you've created, why, why, I mean, you, you've taken on a massive project. So what, what led you to start this journey? Well, a number of different things. Um, For the last 10 years, my wife Helen and I have both really been aware that we are in that category of very fortunate people who have a very lovely lifestyle. And almost by definition, the better your lifestyle, the more your carbon footprint is. And we didn't feel good about that. And so it set us off on a journey starting 10 years ago, and I think triggered by the birth of my first grandchild um, and also my son graduating from the uni in Falmouth in renewable energy. So suddenly those issues kind of came to the fore for us. And over 10 years in various fits and starts, we've done a whole lot of things. So we've got quite a lot of practical experience of what one needs to do to kind of change lifestyle, if you like. And it's jolly difficult. And, you know, people blithely write about do this, do that, do t'other. And what we found was, as we started talking to other people about it, was that there were all sorts of hidden barriers to people taking action. Uh, Some of them financial, for example, some of them practical, like, can't understand all these new technologies or how on earth do I decide what kind of car is best but also there are a lot that are psychological to do with people's habits you know we get very used to our lifestyle we get almost you could say addicted to our lifestyles and we know that when you seem to feel that you're giving up things that you feel as though you're sacrificing you feel sense of loss. So there's some quite deep underlying issues which stop people from even starting in the first place. So I thought, well, I'm an organizational psychologist by background. Maybe, just maybe, I could combine that practical experience with my hopefully a bit of psychological understanding and see if I could begin to offer some way to help people dig themselves out of that hole. Yeah, it's certainly because I think most people would like to be greener, more carbon friendly, whatever, you know, whatever phrase we want to put around it. I think most yeah. of us would like to. But I, I find often the, the barrier for me is conflicting information. You know, is a petrol car better or a, is a hybrid car better or is an electric car better? 
in terms of where the energy actually comes you know what on the surface well electric's obvious but then when you actually get into the components and all the rest it becomes a lot more complicated so it's kind yeah. of the 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 it's hard to find the 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 honest straightforward advice of what one should actually do sometimes mm. well i think one of the lines that i've taken in the manual is that i have very deliberately shied away from giving advice now, that may seem, seem rather paradoxical and perverse, but actually there's a good reason for it, which is that a lot of this so-called advice, a lot of the information that is given out in the media or in all sorts of learned books is by nature generic. It's trying to give advice to everybody. But actually, the more I looked at it, the more I realized that every individual family or household situation was unique. Um, you know, so people have different levels of available money. They have different levels of available time. Um, some people have very high carbon footprints for one reason or another. Some people start fairly low. So the issue came down much more to what's going to work for you? What is actually going to make a difference for you? So that would be one of my points about uh, the generic advice. And I think the second element about that kind of conflicting advice that you talked about, the more I went into this and the more I was trying to come to conclusions for myself, the more I realized that there is no best answer. There's an answer that is as good as you can get. And I find that people searching for this mythical perfect answer actually result in getting immobilized and overwhelmed and therefore do nothing. And I began to think that, you know, there's enough around to make a judgment for yourself and, and be comfortable making a decision that you feel for you is good enough um, and that suits your circumstances rather than this holy grail type of approach, which we will never find. We will never reach it. It just confuses people and, and I think disables them at the end of the day. Yes, I think if, you, if you're aiming for some kind of holy grail perfect scenario, that can often put a lot of pressure on someone, whereas actually finding the minor change you can make that you know improves things by 20%, that obviously doesn't fill you with too much pressure, but trying to find the 100% option is often quite kind of paralyzing and, and, and Absolutely. stressful. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the other thing that is paralyzing is when you, if you try to take... I use this word in inverted commas, a, a more rational approach to what you should do. Um, and I suppose that's kind of what I'm trying to say to people is, look, don't just do anything. There are some principles that you can use to decide what's important to do and what's going to have the quickest payback, if you like, not in financial terms necessarily, but the, the payback in terms of impact on reducing your carbon footprint. And I find that when people start to map that out, they think, my God, you know, all of those different things that I can see that I would like to stroke or to do become overwhelming. That was the single word that kept on cropping up when I talked to people. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. So in the manual, one of my responses to that is to, I hope, help people to what I call break it down into bite-sized chunks it's, a, it's basically a project management tool 
when you've got a very complex problem, break it down into elements, break it down into steps, stages, so that you can plan it out over a considerable period of time. I've said to people, it may be five years that you would do stuff over, but at least you know that you've got a broad set of objectives you've set yourself. Um, and each step, by doing one step at a time um, and doing things that will give a serious impact as opposed to tinker around the edges, um, begins to make it manageable. Not easy, but a bit more manageable. Would it be fair to say, then, that the, that the manual is more a how to make, well, kind of helping people through the process and giving them the information they need to make the right decisions and what to think about, rather than going, day one, do this, day two, yeah. do this? Absolutely. You put your finger on that key word, which is a process. Um, most of the ways that we try to change people's behavior, certainly in the climate change world, is giving information. So, you know, there's warnings, there's lots of science and graphs, there's media hype, there's books. They're all what I call top-down information strategies. And paradoxically, over time, they contribute to this feeling of being overwhelmed. Um, and we've seen it, for example, in a parallel situation in the whole early stages of the coronavirus. You know, the more stuff came out, the more stuff came out. You had people looking glazed about, you know, what do I do? Mm. Um, because the answer, as we said earlier, the, the perfect answer wasn't there and couldn't be there. Um, but in, in this different scenario, when you think about a process, it's a thinking process, it's a planning process, it's a prioritization process about what do I do first or what do I start doing first? Um, and equally in prioritization, you know, what's important to do, i.e. what will have the biggest impact in terms of reducing carbon footprint? Um, because one of the dilemmas we face is that time is quite short and some of these solutions, if you like, um, take quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to start some of those things that will take longer earlier in order to get them done. So there's a kind of internal logic and the process of the book helps you to tease that out and create a plan that makes sense in your unique situation. And it's a, I have a copy here on my desk as we're talking of the Carbon Buddy Manual and it, it is a it's a beautiful, very approachable thing. So kudos to you for creating something that's so easy to kind of dip into, dip out of and, you know, identify where to go to. It's, it's, it doesn't, it's not like a textbook. It's a lot more approachable than a textbook. But it's only part of what you're up to, isn't it? The manual is, the Carbon Buddy manual is part of the Carbon Buddy project. So what's, the, what's your overall aim with, with, this, with this project? Well, the basic problem that somehow humanity needs to solve uh, in this arena is that the scale of action being taken by individuals, I'm, I'm distinguishing that from sort of governments and international bodies, and that's, but let's focus on individuals for the moment. The scale of people involved in taking serious action needs to be scaled up 
just by a humongous amount. I mean, quantum leaps, whatever words, you know, exponential growth. Um, we've got to find a way of getting that very steep rise in the number of people actually seriously doing stuff uh, around this issue. So that's number one. Number two is that we've got to get people doing things that uh, will make a big enough difference in a shortish space of time because of this kind of time bomb that is kicking away. And so beyond, I mean, the manual is part of that, but in terms of getting that scaling up of the number of people involved, um, the obvious tool that we have now um, is the internet. And, you know, when we talk about something going viral, that's exactly what happens. It is that an exponential growth in the number of people engaging or talking about or doing stuff on an issue. So uh, that's, I guess, the tool that I'm trying to use at one level. But then there's another tool which I've called propagation. Being a veggie gardener, <laughs> uh, I do a lot of propagation, which is sowing of seeds and watering seeds and watching them grow and then watching them divide and transplant and uh, creep along and produce fruit. And I find that a very fertile, oh, sorry for the pun, <laughs> fertile metaphor um, about a social process which helps to grow the number of people involved. And I guess, although I'm not any great expert of it, but behavioral scientists will tell you, uh, advertisers and marketing people will tell you that people will start to do things if their peers and people they respect are doing things. So that's where I came up with this idea of the carbon buddy. Um, because in my talks with people, the other word that uh, came up time and time again was isolation. And what they were saying there was it's really difficult to do by myself. It contributes to this feeling of overwhelming. And I suppose I look back at where we had been able to be successful. And it's because one of the main things was that Helen and I did it together. And we sort of egged each other on. And, you know, we were able to divvy up the tasks a bit. Um, so... That led to this idea of the carbon buddy. Start off with somebody who you know, and then over time, this idea of propagation, ask other people you know, friends, to join you in the endeavor. Just drip feed into them what you're doing and see if you can persuade them to get interested in it. So using a much more personal approach, um, and also I think a much less threatening approach if a friend talks to you about it, as opposed to getting some sort of lecture from somebody on a protest or a lecture from somebody on the radio about what you're not doing right, or, um, you know, a very academic book, which you take one look at and you think, oh, my God, no, I can't face that. So, yes, there is this second great thing, which is to do with propagation, which is about growing. Uh, I don't really like the word, but I can't find a better one. Growing a movement. If you like, growing a network of active people who are just getting on quietly 
and doing stuff. And that word quietly is important because in the subtext, um, is quietly powerful, be part of it. And my vision that I have is lots of people doing that, just beavering away quietly, working out what they're going to do, talking to people, chatting away, not going out on the streets, not necessarily um, doing conventional protest type things, because lots of people are not comfortable with that. Um, so this is a way for people who are perhaps more introvert or whatever their, their personal uh, disposition is, that they can just be feel that they're doing something, uh, either just within their own things that they can influence, but hopefully just a little bit wider than that, you know, bring a few people into it and in turn get a few other people beginning to do it. So it's an organic networking -y type of process, I suppose you'd call it. I like it. And it, it all starts with, with getting your hands on a copy of the card and carbon even body manual so where can people get the manual the only place that you can get it at the moment is from my website or the carbon buddy project website which is carbonbuddyproject.org and within that you'll see some nice big blue buttons saying buy now and ping 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 you get in there and order either one or two copies. Um, if you're really feeling enthusiastic, you can order a box of 10 at a special price. Um, that's for people I call the propagators or micro distributors. I've got some people who are buying boxes of 10, often people who've got small eco businesses, and they're selling them not at a profit to their customers. Some of them, I've got one secondhand electric car dealer up in Somerset, who's actually giving them away every time he sells a second-hand car. Um, because he says, that's my way of encouraging those people. They've taken a step buying the car. Now, this is my way of encouraging them to go further. So, yeah, from the website, carbonbuddyproject.org. Brilliant. Thank you, Colin. Hopefully you've inspired a few people to, to join us on the journey. So thanks for coming on the podcast today. Well, and thank you for the opportunity. It's been most enjoyable. All the best. So you can get Colin's book, The Carbon Buddy Manual, from carbonbuddyproject.org, and we put a link to that at rosenpodcast.com. If you've got an idea for us or would like to come on the show, then just drop us an email to rosenpodcast at gmail.com with your ideas and questions you've got. If you want to make sure you hear the rest of the shows, then do bookmark rosenpodcast.com and also look for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you usually listen to your podcasts and just subscribe to us there. Be kind and stay safe.